0: oh man yeah that was literally let's see yeah windows updates ruining my life since (laughs) it's the worst man it takes so long and then uh and then i'm too impatient and i try to start all the apps as soon as the computer is up and running again and it just screws everything up so we're only about about right i know we're only about an hour past when we initially said but such is show business, baby.
1: <laughs> and here we are. We're here we are now. Are, so, uh,
0: Josh Patterson needs no introduction at this point. What's up, oh. buddy? What fancy much, beer man. are you drinking today?
1: Uh, I'm drinking Process Party, which is uh, my own creation. Uh, I made it for Theology Beer Camp. Um, oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh,
1: cool so it has... Cool people in there like Diana Butler Bass is on the can, Phil Clayton, Alfred North Whitehead, Trip Fuller, Catherine Keller, and of course myself. Uh so we're all kind of like sitting at the table all talking together, Tripp and Whitehead are cheers in. Got some of Whitehead's books on the table. So pretty cool. I'm
0: gonna have to get you to make a uh Church and Other Drugs non alcoholic beer. There we go.
1: We were actually talking about NA's uh recently. Um See, like cause people, especially around January, are really fond of NA. Yeah. yeah they try to do like, you know, something new. So it's a possibility. Uh
0: the lead singer of uh Lamb of God, Randy Blythe, he's been sober forever and he's got his own uh NA that was actually pretty good. My buddy nice. uh yeah. My buddy's my other other sober friend is a huge NA fan. That's a very divisive topic, by the way, (laughs) or divisive subject. Yeah, Yeah. some some people. It's like the people, the sober people I know that like it. It's it's the whole uh, they don't have to feel weird at a party sort of thing. They can have something to hold. Uh, My friend, he just like he legitimately likes the taste of it. Yeah, you know, and then you have the people on the opposite side of the camp that are like, "What are you doing? You're, you know, you're basically da 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 da." da. I don't really, I don't really care. I don't think it's, you know, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, to, I to don't each care. their own.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've had some good, I've had some good non-alcoholic beers for sure. My buddy, uh, recently actually, um, I won't say his name because I wasn't given permission to, but recently. Uh, started taking some like new medication to help with some like anxiety and such and was like yeah alcohol is not going to be great with this so yeah um he's been drinking some nas and like every time he comes you know to the brewery i work at he's you know bringing new ones to try and there's some pretty good stuff out there it's i mean it's definitely worth a go especially for people who just genuinely are fans of beer but also um don't want the alcohol like might as well like i don't see why not
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah. because there was one it's the i guess i really was the lamest drinker in the world the only one that i actually would say i liked the taste was blue moon and um abita strawberry which is you've seen you've seen beer fest right but they're (laughs) like this is a strawberry beer It's my favorite line. And I'm sitting there like, I like strawberry beer. I don't know. What's the big deal about it? It's delicious. It's strawberries and beer, two of my favorite things. There you go. Yeah, whatever works. Whatever works. Yeah. So what was uh, Theology Beer Camp?
1: Yeah, so that was an event that was hosted by Homebrew Christianity. So Trip Fuller. And uh, it was really cool. So it was kind of like the first one back in a while, you know, since COVID and such. They hadn't been doing these in-person gatherings. Uh, But also he tried something new this go. Because really it was just a disguise for him to have a 40th birthday party for himself and invite all of his nerd friends. And so what he did was this time he had, oh, geez, there was like... um, like maybe 12, somewhere between 12 to 15 different uh speakers present that were scholars or theologians, philosophers. And then also he invited uh some of his favorite uh he called them god pods. Um so rethinking faith uh yeah, got to so go and be represented. Dan was there, yeah, yeah. Permission was there. Um, which it was a blast I mean it was cool because like the theologians would speak and then uh, they would do these like breakout groups and you could go to like a different breakout and a podcaster uh, from one of the podcasts would then get to interview the uh, speaker.
0: Oh, that's um, genius. Why wasn't yeah. Tricks and Other Drugs invited? What's the... I'm <laughs> hey, not take that, that up a trip,
1: fooler, man. Take I that never, up a trap.
0: <laughs> I, remember, I remember listening to uh, Homebrewed was around the time. I saw it around the time I was listening to uh, Bad Christian. And I remember thinking it's like, it, it it was almost like oh that's like church and other drugs if like i still did drugs sort of <laughs> it's like <laughs> i'm going to uh, we're going to smoke some weed and talk about god or going to drink yeah. some that was like that was uh i guess that was really kind of when the uh conservative christian drinking craft beer movement kind of was was gaining steam
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's big within like the reformed circles.
0: Yeah. You remember it used to be I say used to in our age, this would have been used to. It was the whole C.S. Lewis uh, cigars and whiskey. That was kind of the first. And then it moved into craft beers. And I I remember (laughs) this is it's like I should have. So many signs that I'm just an alcoholic and an addict, but I remember going to, there There was like, a, there was a period in my, uh, in my journey of life where I, because this was after I'd turned 21 finally. And I was like, well, let me just, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to try to be one of the people and I'm just going to drink like normally. Okay. And I was living with uh, a college youth pastor at the time in Florida. And, the small group was having um it was like all the all the dudes were going to go over there and uh like smoke cigars play some poker and they had um what are those called the mint drinks, not juleps um
1: mint drink like a mojito uh, a, a mojito like a drink? yes Yeah. Yes. mojitos okay. mojitos
0: <laughs> mojitos and they had they had like a big pitcher of mojitos and everyone is everyone is <laughs> everyone there has had like you know like half one cup and i am like getting my cup like turning away slamming it and then turning back so <laughs> and so so i can fill up another cup so everyone thinks i'm on my first cup and like the just and it, crushing it crushing it and the whole <laughs> time i'm i'm just like looking around basically being like okay like how how do I drink a lot with nobody thinking I'm drinking a lot? And then I, then I realized (laughs) there was only like two pitchers of Mojito and I was like, this is not going to be good. I'm not going to be satisfied with this. Like that was just funny to me (laughs) because
1: everyone not going to work. Not going to work. Yeah, Mojito is the official beverage of theology. Absolutely. A good mojito. Now it is there you good go mojito <laughs> uh, i tend to stick with beer because like hard alcohol gets me in trouble i enjoy like i'll enjoy like bourbon or like whiskey um you know like a little bit over rocks or something but i don't do shots or anything like that i know that that is not good for me so i don't
0: <laughs> yeah not that, yeah it's and it's funny too um with like real alcoholics that just sw- try to switch to beer then it's just they just end up drinking 36 24 12 to 24 beers in a day which is just just i mean just all you got to do is imagine drinking 24 mountain dews and just think about how, the volume <laughs> of liquid that that is oh, so much that's why it's like just go for the liquor man it's just liquor's quicker you know that's the old That's true. <laughs> what was so that
1: isn't true
0: if you had to to mine let's say top 1 2 or 3 gems that you heard from theology beer camp did did you hear anything that like like blew your top off
1: <laughs> um hmm i just nothing like no there's no like one liner or something like that that comes to mind where i was just like oh man wow Um, but overall, just like the kind of, uh, space that was created at Theology Beer Camp was awesome. It was like one of the first times in like a church setting that I felt fully like seen known and accepted and like, didn't have to like hide any of my theological opinions or watch my swearing (laughs) or anything like that. Um, everybody was just kind of there from like a wide variety of backgrounds, uh, all kind of coming together and, um, hanging out. So it was really cool. Um, I mean, the experience itself was awesome. I had so many awesome conversations with like scholars and theologians that I really look up to. Um, like I went out to dinner one night with, uh, Tom Ward and Andrew Davis, which was fantastic. I got to set my, uh, my buddy, Jace, who you've interviewed, oh, inter- yeah. interviewed before, Jace was on the show. Um, I got to sit Jace next to Tom Ord during dinner and just let them and do he, their thing. And uh, it was fantastic. Thomas, <laughs> Thomas
0: Ord is the open theology guy.
1: Yeah. Thomas J. Ord is, uh, is an open and relational theologian. He actually yeah. coined that phrase open and relational theology. Oh, um, but yeah, but Tom is, Tom's pretty cool. Um, did uh, ends, did did he pray really before dinner? Tom? <laughs> um, I don't actually remember if there was prayer before dinner or not. Jace Jace might have prayed for us actually. You know, he his pastor's heart that he has, you know, came out and he had to pray for all of us heathens. I know. All of us open and relational process nerds. That man, so, that
0: must have been so fun. That must have been so it was fun really cool. to be able to Did you feel did you feel did you ever feel um dumb
1: uh yeah i mean always <laughs> We <Whenever laughs> you're in a in a room with such uh smart people um you know especially like listening to like panel discussions or then like being put on the spot like i interviewed three uh three scholars about atonement and was like why did you pick me to do this trip this <laughs> feels out of my league um but it was fine it was uh, adam clark jennifer garcia bashaw and grace uh Jinsu Kim. Um, I uh, did like a post, uh, post. Um, what did he call it? <laughs> post <Post-penal atonement. laughs> penal atonement. penal atonement. The most yeah, hilarious of all atonement. the atonements. <laughs> the most That's... hilarious.
0: So, uh, so I saw I saw you in um, which I I just never had a chance to. I, I see Jace doing the uh the like Wednesday night Zoom classes yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever that is, and I saw y'all were doing one on uh atonement theories um Mm -hmm. so what did you I well for what is do you even have an atonement theory that you uh that you would say is your belief system or you don't even know
1: uh yeah i'd probably go with i don't know i mean i have one that i lean more towards i think
0: which would that be
1: that would be scapegoat theory uh, which is definitely a new kid on the block. That um, is
0: sounds like a new metal band, and I like it.
1: <laughs> Scapegoat Theory, yeah, Scapegoat They're Theory, rad. they just opened for uh, Azazel for King, and yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's so that's like my current favorite one, um. Although I think there's, you know, wisdom that can be found in all of them. I definitely think some are better than others. And there's some that I just outright reject completely because I think they're inherently fear-based and make God not loving. Um,
0: So what um, is the – so what's scapegoat theory?
1: So scapegoat theory is kind of hard to explain, like, quickly, but I'll do my best. I mean, I'll do it quickly.
0: Sorry, I guess I should set the uh, atonement theory. What we're talking about is – um explanations for why god had to die on a cross as jesus for us is that fair
1: yeah yeah that's that's what we're getting why did jesus die on the cross and everyone
0: kind of uh i guess like me for my entire life just uh very much went by penal substitution that i owed a debt to god jesus took care of that debt and died and then the question that for me and others this is like it's one of the most common reddit uh reddit comment rebuttals to just the idea of christianity in general is like it goes something like so you mean to tell me god had to send himself to save us from himself it's like why didn't why didn't he just do it. Why? what, what are you talking about? Like that, that is a very in it. And like, I was like, Oh that, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Could somebody answer that for me? Like how, so make that make, like poke some holes in that argument because I hate to tell you like that actually, if you frame it in that way, that doesn't make any sense. Or
1: mm-hmm.
0: if it does, you need to explain it. Like you need to let me know what I'm missing here.
1: Hmm. Yeah, well, I so penal substitutionary atonement is probably my least favorite, <laughs> of the atonement theories. <laughs> um, just because I think it is so easy to poke holes in. Um, I mean, it definitely uh, so it's also penal can be poking <laughs> holes, <laughs> poking <in> holes every... <laughs> and stuff. Uh, it's a very penetrating uh, oh, atonement theory. No um propagated by white educated males makes sense uh, <laughs> no but we um are, yeah penal we, are to, we are and um penal is definitely not a funny word <laughs> <laughs> at all zero not uh, i'm not even yeah i'm not laughing no one's laughing you're laughing uh <laughs> uh yeah but um Shit! Oh, penal substitution. Yeah, my it's my <laughs> least favorite. It's my least favorite. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, it's very popular though, right? It was well within Protestant circles, I should say, especially more Reformed uh, Protestant traditions, uh, because it's really kind of the atonement theory that John Calvin made famous. So it started with Anselm, uh, who had a different kind of theory. Um, basically, the idea with Anselm is that uh because people would pose this question right how is there a an infinite um you know penalty for finite actions by finite people so anselm's answer was oh well like you sinned against a infinite being and so what he was doing was he was picking up on what's called the feudal system which was kind of like how government worked in his day uh so if a peasant were to uh sin against a peasant the penalty for that would be different than if a peasant were to sin against a king even if it was the same exact exact crime right peasant steals bread from a peasant you know slap on the wrist peasant steals bread from a king murdered um and it's because there's this hierarchy in place and so anselm Uh, kind of used that logic for his um
0: anselm was a, a christian thinker i'm not familiar with anselm yeah
1: anselm was a was a like he's a christian theologian Okay. Uh, dude, these old. In the dark ages? Dead. Yeah, like medieval era. Okay. Um, pre, Pre-Protestant pre Reformation. Gotcha. Um, and then Calvin comes and picks up Anselm's idea, and to steal Trip Fuller's joke, uh, he steals Anselm's idea and makes it worse. Uh, uh. <laughs>
0: that happens but, a lot.
1: Yeah. And so the idea being, like you said, um, that, you know, people had sinned against God, and something had to happen. In this case, blood had to be spilled and so god sent his son jesus to die on the cross uh to pay the debt uh for us in our place that's the penalty is you know death substitution is jesus subs you know substituted in our place boom um and now we're good or something like that which so made,
0: i made sense to me for a long time
1: yeah i mean it make that's like common that's what people think the gospel is right yep. uh which is another reason and P- a psa often gets conflated with the gospel which is dangerous. Um because then when someone's atonement, you know, theory breaks down, penal substitutionary atonement, they think, "Oh, and well, now I can't be a Christian because I don't believe the gospel." It's like, "Well, no. <laughs> That's not true." Right. Um yeah, so reasons I don't like penal substitutionary atonement one, it seems to impose some kind of outside law that is bigger than God. God's hands are tied. God could not do anything else like and... because this is just how justice is i don't know what to do can't don't know what to tell you blood needs to be paid this is how we do it (laughs) like
0: c.s lewis called that like the deep magic Mm -hmm. which appealed to me too i I could i could get uh me and my dad have had that talk a couple times and and uh that I, i could get down with that like i it's because i guess it i can imagine some sort of like perhaps there is some sort of the way things have been set up. But yes, once again, it's like, okay, but he is God, the one who set the board. Could he not just reset the board? And if not, why?
1: Yeah. And you have to deal with weird things like Jesus going around forgiving people of their sins prior to the crucifixion. And so if the cross is necessary for the forgiveness of sins, then like all that stuff about Jesus forgiving people of their sins prior to the crucifixion. You just have to like throw that out. I don't know. <laughs> like I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. You know,
0: even, um, e- yeah, even the, the dude that, you know, the, the robber or whoever he was that was like, you'll be with me today in paradise. It's like, Ooh, but you died before I did technically. Right. So, <laughs> sorry.
1: So there's, there's weird stuff like that. Um, but with Lewis, like I, I'm glad you mentioned Lewis, because I feel like if I had to guess based off the atonement theories, which one you would like the best would probably be the one that Lewis falls into uh, in like Chronicles of Narnia, which is Christus Victor. Yes, Um, because that has like I know you like the angels and the demons and like you. it has more. It's like that. It's like a motif, a, a series of stories, basically. Um, It's like about like good versus evil kind of thing. Um, And like Jesus dying on the cross overcame the principalities and powers of darkness and defeated death. And there is that deep magic, right? Satan was tricked into, you know, killing Jesus on the cross, but didn't realize that there was this deeper magic that the blood of an innocent shed, you know. Would you know break the chains and kind of blow the the roof off the whole thing? That just uh, which gave is me like C.S. Lewis bit, yeah. <laughs> Therefore, it's true. And that is my <laughs> favorite.
0: That is my favorite. One of my favorite cinematic shots in movie history is the uh close up of Lucifer or Satan uh in the Passion of the Christ, and and the camera just zooms upwards, and he's just like scream, like yeah, basically like, oh, I got got. Yeah, and, but it's really it's really like, yeah, I don't know that. Yes, that makes sense. I can get down with that mm-hmm. as well.
1: Yeah, that's also that's like the oldest um, atonement theory. That was like the most popular theory for like a 1, thousand twelve hundred years, something like that and in the church. Maybe because
0: it was more it was more of a statement, right? And as mm-hmm. much not as much as something that like. If that. If, if this, uh, well, maybe not. Maybe I guess it, I guess it did have to happen. Um, okay, sorry. Keep going.
1: No, well, you're good. I, but I, I, think, I
0: lost that train of thought.
1: Well, I think part of the distinction maybe you're trying to get at that's different with Christus Victor is that it's not God versus people.
0: Yes. Um, yes. It's
1: God versus the devil. It's God versus evil. So God isn't punishing Jesus on the cross within Christus Victor. Jesus is dying on Jesus's own accord, Um, you know, allowing the you know, powers of darkness to do the worst possible thing, which is, you know,
0: kill God. Be aside.
1: Kill God. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so it's not God versus people. Whereas like penal substitutionary atonement, the problem is between you and God. God is pissed at you because you suck, but luckily Jesus, you know, pays the price for you. So it's a different, it's a whole different dynamic. Um, it seems to fit a little bit more Like I liked Chris's Victor. That's probably my second favorite. I just get weirded out with the angels and demons and like the Satan tricking God stuff, or like I mean the other way around. Sorry. Um. It just it's weird, but I like it as metaphor. I I think it. What do you? So what do you? What do
0: you then? Are you like? uh, Are you? Are you fully out
1: on Satan, angels, demons? I wouldn't say I'm fully out uh, because I. That seems like too strong of a statement, but I, it makes me very uncomfortable <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not. What about, but Josh,
0: thing. you, you imbibe spirits every day, my friend, you just took a sip of spirits, <laughs> right? Where do you think such things? That's uh, <laughs> no. uh So like, what, what do you, cause I had, um, I really personally dislike, and I guess this goes into what you think about the Bible, but dislike the. Uh, people saying Satan's just a metaphor for like your ego or whatever. I was like, okay, so what is metaphorical about like, uh, it it was Jesus's ego telling him to throw himself off of a building and the angels will catch you. It's like, uh, that didn't seem metaphorical at all to me. It seemed like he was tempted by something, some (laughs) entity for you know it was that was listed 40 40 days and stuff it's so it's like i uh you just need to do some mushrooms and yeah make a <laughs> the, and very quickly your mind.
1: yeah there Absolutely. we go well i have people who have told me similar things um yeah i wouldn't so i don't go as far as to say it's metaphor i would just say that i think like i don't like the over personification oh. I think that like sure. evil is very real. I would just say that it's like an impersonal force where Satan gets a little bit but too much. This is,
0: I feel like I'm, I feel like this is your, your, I feel like you're, you're Dan Coking over here. I, <laughs> I love, I love Dan so much. And I love, uh, I love having this That's talk, this, this talking, this talk with him though, where it's like, I, what I guess I just never understood why you can, you, obviously are a spiritual being and a spiritual person and you believe in god which by definition is this crazy thing outside of our material reality why then is it a stretch for like that he has just other spiritual beings that were created in tandem or before or in parallel to us. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I guess I don't see, th- I don't see it that much of a leap. I totally get what you mean by like, oh, uh, I hit a red light on the way to the work and it was the devil. You know, that sort of <laughs> stuff is cuckoo sure. and crazy. Yeah. And, I, and it's like, you can, you can go way in the opposite direction and some people use it to take away human accountability. I think that's wrong too, but I would almost say if we're believing in God, I think almost anything ethereal is kind of fair game, at least at least to think about. So like for you, why God and why not the others?
1: Oh, geez. Yeah, well, I guess. Like one place you'd have to start is by like defining what you mean by God, which is a whole oh, here we go podcast conversation all right um, Rob bell yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that uh, but like so within my perspective, God is like I would you know describe God as like the creative generative principle in and through all things or something like that. um, so like my understanding of God is different than just like. I don't know. Uh it's definitely personal. It's per- God is personal okay. at the very least. Yeah. So I believe in a in God being personal cuz it's a deeply relational thing. Um I just I don't based off my experience of God through like contemplative practice and centering prayer, based off things like uh quantum physics and like what we're learning about how the universe is and how it's all like deeply interconnected and all this kind of stuff. Um, because I'm like a panentheist, uh, I don't know. It just, it seems like the idea of like angels and demons just don't fit in that, uh, perspective nicely. All um, I,
0: I, I missed most yeah. of it. I, I don't just have heard, a good I, I just heard I'm a liberal, something about liberalism. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Uh, I'm li- liberal bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly do you, do you right. Think...
1: Write that down. <laughs> no, I,
0: I, I got the, and I, I, I definitely appreciate that. Like you've been on this journey do you think one day that you're going to meet God?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I experience okay. and encounter God on a regular basis.
0: Okay, well, then let me uh, sharpen that knife. Do you think one day that you, this... Uh, hmm, that's a good question. This physical reality that we are experiencing now, your life will end. You will move into another reality and you will meet God in a different way than you meet him in a physical body
1: uh, perhaps but I don't know <laughs> I don't know uh, what well I none, of us, none of us none of us know death yeah sure of course but um, I mean maybe like I have hopes for some kind of afterlife just because I think there's a lot of shit that happens in the world um and oh, people man. live lives that like really suck that like maybe this might be too harsh but maybe lives that aren't worth living you know like yeah, a little no. infant baby is yep. born and they suffer for the for, you know three minutes that they're alive or the two days yeah. that they're alive or something like that like there's needs some kind of that doesn't yes, seem right doesn't you seem know fair I mean? so some kind of something and i don't know what that is like currently where i'm at i just like to talk about mm, kind of like returning to uh, where I came from, like becoming one with God again. Uh,
0: or Which is more something Jewish, like right?
1: Uh, it could be. Yeah, I mean, like within the Old Testament, uh, mostly they talk about like when you die, you go to Sheol, the place of the dead, the okay. dirt. Like when you're dead, you're dead. Like that's kind of it. Um, And then you don't get like this kind of uh, more like, bend towards some kind of heaven, hell stuff until like Se- second temple Judaism. Um, and still then it's like very early and not really de- fully developed yet. So like during Jesus's time, that kind of <sighs> stuff was still very like newish. Um, and then it like keeps going. So I don't think, I don't that like does this terrify person- you. What?
0: So the, it's, 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 the development
1: <laughs> like, of concepts no no, mean-
0: no 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 <laughs> no. sorry 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 <laughs> yeah. um i guess what you're talking about the idea well i guess you're assuming it's not gonna be bad or that you'll be unaware but the uh because it's almost like the blob where it's like okay when i die i'm just gonna be sucked back into the <clears> ooze and i will just be one with the ooze that doesn't terrify you of, of just basically losing Or are you assuming that that's a good thing that like we need to return to that? And if so, then this is, this is a question. If that's, if that is so good, then why are we individuals right now?
1: Yeah, I don't. So if it's uh, not
0: purposeful, why did we even come from somewhere to be, have this existence if we were just going to be erased in a sense afterwards it's like it, it's kind of my issue with reincarnation it's like okay if you can't learn from your past life because you don't remember it then how the hell then you're just crap shooting until you just dumb luck kind of stumble onto it and everyone that knows everything wrong i just said with that can tell me church and other drugs at gmail.com but <laughs> my understanding of reincarnation and it could be way wrong um you, you see what i'm saying it's like it it yeah. it, it um it it was some comedian actually that I was like, man, that is really profound. When, uh, they were asking him, it may have been Theo Vaughn or someone who was talking to him. They were asking him why he believed in an afterlife. And he was like, because that's all like, I don't know what happened before I was born. That's all guessing. The only thing I know is knowing me and being aware and alive. So for me to assume that i would go back to nothing which i know nothing about versus assuming i would know what's going on and be aware that's that's the only thing i know for for mostly fact right mm-hmm. the other thing i'm guessing about so why would i assume that which i know nothing about and not assume this thing of where like i'm alive and i understand and i'm aware and i have my myself and i was like that's a fucking that's a pretty <laughs> good point <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. And I, I get like the, the fear and like the blob thing. I don't know if I'd quite put it that way. Um, I would say though, that like the idea of like living forever consciously, that scares me. Um, I like, I would want the option to like, not have to do that. If I, could choose to do so
0: do do you you want want to tell me what got me over that fear
1: like what got you over that fear
0: yeah 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 what was it mdma there you go cool hear me out yeah it literally because and things like heroin because what it did because like the way yeah because i used to have that fear too it's like how could if uh living eternally is basically this but forever how could that not eventually be hell It's kind of what you're fishing at right uh sure. but through just very tiny experiences with drugs where while you're high each moment is exponentially better than the moment before it and like if you if it was possible to and and, and there's no way that that even like compares to potential contentment it's like that level of just pure pure euphoric bliss i could absolutely do that for eternity because like by its very nature i was unable to not want to be it was just like this is amazing full stop like Oh, and now it's amazing. And it's even more amazing now. Still amazing. You know, while you're in the... So I almost was like, okay, so I could... It allowed me to wrap my head around an altered state being something that I just couldn't even comprehend was possible. And once I knew it was possible, it's like, okay, so who knows what else is possible?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I dig it. Yeah, I I huh, that's interesting. Don't,
0: don't do ecstasy though. I'm I mean, not... <laughs> you're an adult, but
1: don't. <laughs> I didn't plan on it, but um I do like I don't know. I I I do kind of think about this kind of stuff a lot. Uh well, I used to think about it more cuz then I kind of got to this point where I was like, dude, so many people live a life so worried about the life that is to come that they don't actually live the gift that was been put in front of them, which is the life they have right now. Um and I think that's really important kind of important so I've been focusing more on that but when it comes to afterlife stuff like I feel like probably some kind of conscious state of existence is reasonable to assume I don't know what that looks like Um I like the imagery of like uh, the ocean and waves where like waves you know form and they're their own beautiful unique individual Thing separate thing, um, but like, can a wave say to the ocean, I'm not water, and then you know, the wave then kind of uh crashes and returns. Um, can
0: the wave say just... to the ocean, I'm not water, yeah, okay, that yeah, that's like that uh, me without you lyric, like a mm. fragrance and flower are one,
1: mm. yeah, and, and also, I think too, that might have um... been
0: a roomy thing,
1: <laughs> yeah, roomy, nice. But I'm like I'm thinking in real time because like you're stirring things in my head that I haven't like fully thought through. But so I'm that's
0: what we do to each other.
1: (laughs) More recently, like have been reading about this like kind of philosophical position called um, idealism, but specifically personal idealism, which is like there's a dude named Keith Ward. uh, He's a Christian uh, philosopher, theologian, and like he promotes this, you know, version of. Thinking and essentially idealism is the idea that mind is um, necessary. Mind is mind precedes matter, so consciousness is more uh, real than matter is. So instead of consciousness arising from matter, it's actually the other way around.
0: Um, Which and is there's like biblical,
1: yeah. So and there's all sorts of uh, yeah Christians have held that position for a while. Um, But then, like, when materialism became a thing, people, like, would make fun of you for holding such perspectives. Um, But it really makes sense, especially with, like, you're on, like, I mean, you have to have a certain, like, uh, interpretation of, uh, like, quantum uh, physics and such. But it makes sense within that world very much so. Um, And just to the idea that, like, if you think about something as a potentiality, right? So you're thinking in your head right now, I don't know, Nate, like a potential something um, like I'm uh, going to create a painting. Yeah. Okay. That, that is an idea, right? Right. It doesn't exist out in the world yet, but it exists as a potential. But in order for that potential to be realized, you actually have to now take your idea and then go paint, right? Right. Okay. So if that potentiality didn't exist in something concrete prior to it becoming a thing then where did then there's no potential there's no grounds for potentials anywhere what was like the, it has to what was the concrete
0: in, in that example me uh your mind you, my consciousness mind. Yeah, yeah yeah oh so you're I'm just okay i'm not used I'm to I'm thinking of consciousness, consciousness is is?
1: Important. yeah oh, because but, like if we have creation the universe um that it had to exist as a potential at some point in time and potentials have to exist in some kind of real yeah thing. and and it's
0: <laughs> uh, and it's i mean because conscious we don't even know we don't re- we don't even know what this is mm-hmm. you know brain in a jar yeah. theory we could all just be brain in a jar um but i
1: think of I, god as like the ultimate consciousness um and like right I, I don't
0: it's yeah it's you're i don't know why uh well i guess i do just meet everything kind of point and we all want uh, and I guess Jesus, like this personification, like a uh, God that like I can give a hug sort of thing. And mm-hmm. I guess that is, I guess that is Jesus. I guess that was like. Yeah, kind Jesus. Of the... Oh, man. So yeah, Richard it's... Rohr
1: talks about Jesus because he's like, people have a hard time just falling in love with ideas. Yeah. And so like Jesus is like a concrete somebody that we can fall in love with. Like it is. I talks about it that way.
0: I just had the the freaky thought of like, oh man, like of of just all the messian, all the people in history who have like said they were God, and that, and it's just like, oh, what if? Uh oh, oh no, what if this is just? What if I, what if I've been had? But uh, that's a very that's very quickly supplanted. But I just don't. I just don't. I don't think so, and I don't think my mind will in spirit will ever change on that. Um, just through personal experience, I got no, uh, you know, believe what you, what you will, but that's where I'm at. Um, with the, the, the argument I've always had about the afterlife is, and, and purpose is a subject that's been brought up all this week for me, mm. uh, in my, with my sponsor and in my book study and, uh, a bunch of guys, we've just been talking about purpose and I've, how especially to people that think that life is only cradle to grave how does any of that at the end of the day how does any of that have meaning Hmm. how does it have purpose how how can you like what good what difference really would it make if you shot yourself when you were three or you died at old age of 78 what's the difference like okay you got to do some more things so what The the end is still the same like okay so you affected generations so what eventually the heat death is going to kill the universe then no like so what is there can meaning and like true purpose and meaning exist outside of something after this or beyond this I Mm. Don't think so, but I also could be missing something. And I guess the, the art, the counter argument that I commonly hear is, Oh, it makes it more important because you have a limited time. So everything you do has meaning like true. And I'm totally on board with that. If there is meaning after death, if there's not, then I don't think it means, I think it quote means something in very short terms and you'll affect the next person and the next and the next, but eventually it will not. Therefore it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. like pseudo philosophical mumbo jumbo or is there something there?
1: Yeah, no, I think you're critiquing like, um yeah, people like who are just pure materialist and, or, and probably atheists at the same time that just think when you're dead, you're dead. They have a hard time coming up like, with like it's called like the problem of good. It's the opposite of the problem of evil. It's like, okay, uh I've damn, never heard that's that. Yeah, it's a cool thing. It's a whole philosophical argument um that atheists have trouble dealing with. Um Google it sometime. Problem of good. I'm not an expert on it. Um so I I'm will. gonna try to speak about it. Um but yeah, but like because for me, I see what you're saying and I agree. Um <sighs> Yeah, because when I think about, like, if I ask myself what the, like, meaning of life is, and maybe this is going to sound trite, so forgive me, but I think, like, the meaning of life is to live. Um, Is meaning
0: different than purpose? Sorry to...
1: Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Meaning and purpose. Like, is there a purpose? Mm, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I can say what what we kind
0: of landed on as of Saturday, November 5th, was uh, periods of ever-changing purpose. And, you know, like in this hour, I think there's a purpose. I have a purpose. Uh, In moments, I think I have a purpose. Um, And in seasons, I think there's purpose. And I, I, I think it's because one person said, uh, my purpose in life is this. I won't say what it was, but um, well, I will. It doesn't matter. He was like, my purpose is to to help other alcoholics, and then someone came back with, well, I don't think, I don't think it's nearly as clear cut defined, because I was I was yeah. talking about how I uh, and it may be a lot of addicts, whether they know or not, when I was in active addiction, my Day-to-day life had such a clear purpose with a clear payoff. Like All I had to do with my life was wake up, find money, uh, acquire drugs, get high, and I'm done. And that was my purpose. It was satisfying. That was what my brain and body told me to do. I achieved it. Done. And it was like there was a weird – as much as a prison as it was, it was incredibly – satisfying in the sickest of ways. And I think it was because I had a very clear and concise purpose. And that's why a lot of people don't know what the hell to do when they get sober. And that's why I tell them like finding a purpose is number one. And that's why helping other addicts and alcoholics works so well is because you have this new purpose, purpose, purpose that gives you a spiritual reward like it really does there is something that, that that's where the, the that is if I had to describe 12-step programs and why they work it is helping another and the reward that you get from that there's a spiritual experience that happens and so yeah it's like I think and so then we were we were kind of discussing like uh, they were like well the Native Americans had it right because they were just like Uh, more nature focused and they had community. And then the the discussion moved to is, was there a quote perfect time in history when you could say this was the purpose of man there, they figured out the meaning of life and this is what they were supposed to be doing. And this is what God wanted them to do. And we, nobody was really sure. It's like, it'd be nice to go on a time machine and hear what, what they would bitch about, you know, like, ah, oh, the, the oxen traffic today is so rough. Like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I'll try to answer your really good question with a, uh, story that happened the other day. Love um, it. so I just wrapped up taking this class called the inward journey that was put on by second breath, um, which is a really cool organization. They teach like Christian spiritual practice and stuff. um, mm-hmm. I thought and you my said
0: friend. the N word journey. And oh, I be- was like, what? <laughs> what kind of questions is
1: that? Uh. Uh, well, I do live in. Well, never. I'm not going to make that joke. Joke. Uh, joke. Never mind. Shut it down. Not touching the N word. Um, the N word, as in inner experience. <laughs> for clarification, not the N word journey. Got it. Got it. <laughs> And the funny thing is, dude, you're not the first person who has said that to me when I've, you know, been just kind of skipped by it. Like, oh, yeah. So there's this inward journey thing, blah, blah, blah. They'd be like, wait a minute. What is that?
0: What? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so I wonder if it has to do with like the cadence of my it's, voice. Yeah, or something. it
0: is. It is totally. All right. Um, sorry. I'm, I'm going to mute yeah. myself.
1: No, it's all good. So the inward as in turning inside of ourselves journey. And it was the very last class out of this like eight week experience. And they started throwing around this word calling and it made me very uncomfortable. And I try to pay attention to that because I've been trying to pay more attention to when my body tells me things. Uh, Cause I think our bodies are infinitely wise um, and perhaps even our first brain. Um, and I was deeply uncomfortable. I had like a gut visceral reaction, like got like a tightness in my chest Um, and I think it's because it was kind of assaulting, like this idea of calling kind of assaults some of my like core convictions. One of them being, uh, I think it perpetuates this, uh, what Peter Rollins calls like the myth of the sacred object that we are somehow not whole. And there is this thing out there that if we could acquire it, then we would be good. Then we would be whole. Then we'd be complete. Um, religions perpetuate this. Uh, our society perpetuates this, right? Like if I had that boyfriend or if I had this makeup product, or if I had this car or this job, then I'd be complete. And so sometimes this idea of calling, if it's like this idea that's out there somewhere, um, that we have to find and get, and there's only one thing, um, then that kind of perpetuates that myth, which I don't like. Um, it also kind of assaults my, um, understanding of like god cuz i think god is present in and through all things um active in every moment seeking to bring about the most joy and love and peace and kindness and creativity and goodness all those kind of things um and so when we have this idea of like a calling that's out there it assumes god is out there somewhere like holding this idea and we have to like go find it so rather when i think about calling or purpose or meaning and i say that the the meaning of life or the purpose of life is to live. The reason I say that is because I think the, as a process thinker, okay, where God is, is writing, you know, drawing the line of history with us. So God, um, things exist as a potential in the mind of God. And then as they happen, they become, you know, a concrete reality. So God is in process with human beings. God is is also learning and growing perfectly in each and every single moment. Um, And so if purpose then would be uh, to live, and why I say that is because um, I think we have to be in the present moment in order to access those things. So, so often people live these bifurcated lives where either we're hung up about guilt from our past or we're very worried and scared or nervous or excited maybe even about what's going to come in the future. And so then we don't ever end up being in this moment. But the present moment is, one, conveniently where our bodies always are, um, <laughs> two, but it's really the only place we can ever be. And so if we want to experience relationship with the divine and participate in what the what God is doing, which in my mind is seeking to bring peace and love and joy and goodness and creativity and beauty, um, then we have to be in this present moment. We have to be here so we can be attuned to what – uh, God or the divine or spirit or love or whatever you want to call it is doing uh, so that we can participate with the divine in bringing all of creation forward into more beauty, into more goodness, into more love, whatever. Um, And so that's where I say that. When I talk about calling, that's what I think that means. It's a deep fidelity to the present moment. The only place that we can experience true relationship with each other, uh, with the divine, um, with creation and you know, move forward together, so that's oh, a yeah. story to answer the question. Does that make sense though? yeah it's, it's like does. a little bit be- differently
0: it it does, and that's another thing that's what my therapist brought up um Friday, and yeah, it very well may be that yeah, like uh, if if I'm kind of dancing around what you were saying and connecting the dots correctly that basically what we're supposed to do is be present at every moment and just bring God love goodness and joy to the present moment wherever we're at because it's yeah I I suppose the only thing yeah most of uh most of my emotional distresses which can, become concrete negative forces to people around me come from either ruminating about the past uh worrying about the future or letting my fur for the uh alcoholic and the addict it's our basic instincts run to extremes where like we're uh, you could almost call it like an extremism type of type of mental disorder where You know, I'm just, yeah, especially chasing the sacred object sort of thing.
1: Hey, Georgia.
0: You want to say hey to the podcast? Just say hey. Hi. Josh Patterson.
1: Josh Patterson. Hello. Nice to meet you.
2: Okay.
0: All right. See ya. Um. It's so hard for me to do though. I yeah. I can't like I it dude it's it's and it I, I hate no I hate when things get constantly brought to my attention because I know that it's something I have to work on. Ah, never mind. My therapist said I'm not allowed to say have to and I'm not allowed to say need yeah. anymore. Don't
1: should on yourself.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> it is something I would like to work on is being more present and because even in this, even in this conversation uh, I feel magnetic pulls. Um, oh, all
2: right. Cat.
0: you want to do? Uh, um, take like my cat. That's a real thing. Taking me away from the conversation <laughs> and taking me away from this present moment. And I had a, I had a therapist tell me one time that like, while he was talking to me, he just said right now, you are the most important thing in the world to me. Mm, and I yeah. was like, "Whoa, but it, 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 it not even in a sappy way, it's just a plain fact. If you are present, then the most important thing the the thing that has my attention right now is you, right? this moment, And it's yeah I, I was like, man, that's true. God, I wish I could do that often.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like this idea of like love what's in front of you. If you want to do the, if you want to do the will of God, live what's love, what's in front of you.
2: Um, And then also
1: there's this, uh, there was a, uh, theologian, uh, writer, um, named Howard Thurman, uh, who is fantastic. His, his work's great, but Howard Thurman has this beautiful quote where he says, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Mm. And so I think, you know, and there's this connection with this idea of like finding your deep gladness. Like what is your deep gladness? Um, some, you know, Christianese say, what is that that gift? What is that thing that makes you come alive? Go do that. And like there, if you want to call that purpose or meaning, then yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, um, I, th- I think that is what it is. I would call yeah. it that. I would call yeah. it purpose. Yeah, because the world it- doesn't
1: need more... Rob Bell's or Richard Rohr's or Howard Thurman's. The world needs Jed Payne. Yeah. To and be Josh Fox Jed Payne. <laughs> Absolutely. And like, yeah.
0: So, 130%. I love I guess, how, how did we get there from atonement? That's awesome.
1: Because basically a... what we're getting at is atonement theories are fun, but they're bullshit when reality is conversations like we just had. <laughs> ooh. Ooh.
0: Preach. Oh, that's good stuff. I love our talks, man. Um, Yeah, we'll have to, we'll, we'll do it again and again and again. I'll have to, I want, I do. Down. Yeah. I want, I wanted to, Um, at some point, I want to uh, talk with you and your new co-host. I think that'd be fun.
1: Oh, it'd be a lot of fun. I think you would love Greg. Yeah. And like, you know, anytime you put, I think I remember you have ADHD as well, right? Among other our, things. Okay yeah, so I was, yeah. I didn't want to say that about you and it not be true but I was like I feel like I remember that that is a true thing. I was going to say anytime you put three people in a room together that all have ADHD it's a great time. Oh absolutely. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> Oh it's wonderful. Um Yeah man it's been fun. And you should yeah, uh, dude, come hang out with, like Greg and I sometime. Um Yeah. Rethinking Faith or
0: Yeah, Hatred yeah that's... episode
1: or whatever it'd be fun. Yeah.
0: Just just let me know when. And yeah so everybody uh josh's podcast rethinking faith is back from his hiatus and with a new uh new look new co-host new everything except for the things it has everything that you loved and none of the stuff that you didn't like it's incredible (laughs) that's That's exactly what it is it's my new (laughs) tagline Um, send me an email churchinthedrugs church at gmail.com patreon.com slash churchinthedrugs no, and storefrontier.com
2: slash Angel, no I think you come too soon It's not my time to go Sorry friend I put your hand in mine I'm sorry friend I put your hand in mine But good angel Don't I get a warning sign Before it's my time to go Come now, David, where's your grandma gone? Come now, David, where's your grandpa gone? Come now, David, where's your grandma gone? Their time came to go. and stone, I slew Goliath with the sling and stone. I slew Goliath with the sling and stone. It's not my time to go, and he'll be waiting for you when we get back home. things I've learned I'm sorry friend that's none of my concern it's time it's time to go come
1: now David where's Uriah gone stranded on
2: the battlefield the troops withdrawn come now David where's Uriah gone his time came to go come now David where's Bathsheba gone and roof tops gone and the unexpected baby from the bad night gone their time came to go Come now, David, where's
0: everybody going? Come now, David, where's everybody going? Come now, David, where's everybody going?